Good morning, mamas. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2023. My name is Sarai and you're listening to Tender Love and Self Care. I know that we're all excited about this new year, new opportunities, growth, all of these changes that are coming our way. And one of the things that I was recently talking to my personal trainer about was how long, because he was saying to me that the gym was very slow and not a lot of people are signing up. And I said, oh, are you guys expecting a lot of people to register now that the new year's coming? And he said, oh yeah. And I said to him, well, how long do you think that'll last? And he says, mm, probably till February, latest March. And then the crowd will die down and then you'll start seeing regular crowds coming to, to the gym. And I thought that was so curious how in about 60 to 90 days, most people drop out of the gym and do not continue their New Year's resolution. And a lot of you might be in that boat. I've been in that boat, certainly have, with life getting so busy and children going back to school and all sorts of things. I understand that sometimes we get busy and life just gets the best of us. But when it comes to taking care of ourselves, it's super important to make sure we do our best. And I'm not perfect, but I do my best to make time for myself. So I thought of what would be a great way to help other women really stick to their New Year's resolutions. So we're gonna go through an exercise that one of my mentors, one of my teachers, Master Ko uh, from Pranic Healing, one of the things that he taught us at the New Year's meditation, um, New Year's Day meditation was really looking at your goals and one of the exercises that we did I'm going to share part of that with you here so that it can help you as well and so it starts off like this when we set our goals we're going to focus on this episode just physical goals so that could be like your health maybe you want to get your health back or maybe you want to increase your fitness level maybe instead of walking uh, like you did last year on the treadmill maybe you want to start running whatever it is something physical or it could be your appearance like you might already be at a comfortable healthy weight or a comfortable healthy state of, of uh, health but you want to work on your appearance so maybe that's um, I don't know maybe a wardrobe change or maybe you know changing your hair the style of makeup whatever it may be but we're going to focus on our physical body right and so we pick which one of these areas are we going to focus on? Is it going to be our health? Is it going to be our fitness? Is it going to be our appearance? Or what other physical part of you do you want to work on? So take a moment and think about that. And then what we want to do is think about starting with the end in mind. Now I've heard many people like Tony Robbins when I went to his trainings. I heard Jim Rohn, all of these different people in, in the realm of self-development and self-improvement talk about start with the end in mind and for the life of me I did not understand what they meant and I was like what in the heck are these people talking about until I sat down and I worked on this episode for you guys and so I'm gonna give you my take on what that means when we start with the end in mind and one of my other mentors Kay she went long long time ago years ago she would say, Sarai, you're a mom and you know how to plan. You know how to do this goal setting thing. And I couldn't see it. I was like, no, I don't really. I don't know how to do this goal setting thing. 
And she said, what do you do when your daughter is going to have a birthday and you plan a party? You start with the idea that you want to throw her, you know, her sweet 16 or whatever that may be. And so she says, so what do you do? You sit down and you say, oh my gosh, she wants a sweet 16. And we have to make sure she's got this beautiful day that she looks forward to and her smiling and her shining and us feeling like proud parents. How is that going to make you feel to be in that moment and experience that day with your family, with everybody celebrating this momentous occasion? And that's what starting with the end in mind means. It's how are you going to feel when this goal has been achieved? How will you think? How will you feel? How will you look at yourself? How will you express yourself? How will you walk, talk? How will you carry yourself? How will you interact with others? And how do you want others to perceive you? That is starting with the end in mind. What is the the totality of this experience? What does that mean for you? And really allow yourself to feel it. In my case, when I was picturing this sweet 16, this wonderful occasion for one of our daughters, I, I had to get into that state. I had to really see, okay, it's going to be in this place, this venue. It's going to be decorated like this. It's going to have music and lights. The food is going to be over here. Um, our guests are going to sit in, in this uh, in this order. You know, there's going to be cake. All of the music, all of the dancing, all of the joy and excitement of the day. Getting up early, doing our hair and makeup. All of those different things. You got to get into the moment. And we're really good at doing this. I can tell because just as... I'm talking to you about it, I can feel myself visualizing all of these different parts of the day coming together. And I know that you are too, because as women, we're so wonderful at creating. I mean, we are naturally creators. And so this create creative process or this creativity is very natural to us. So as you're sitting there listening to me, you're probably imagining these things as well, aren't you? Yes. And so that's what we have to do. We have to be willing to be childlike in our imagination when we are envisioning the things that we want out of life. We have to be willing to go into that childlike spirit and believe everything and anything is possible. And so once we do that and we feel ourselves in that moment, we feel ourselves in that health or in that body or in that appearance, now the next step is to say then my long-term goal is this now you've given it an assignment now you've given it an identity now you've said my long-term goal is to be able to fit into a size 9 jeans to be able to wear high heels to be able to not feel tired after 30 minutes on my high heels or whatever you want that's the time to give it that identity. Now you start to claim what it is you want. And so once you've claimed it, right? This is the experience I want to have. I want to go into Macy's. I want to try on a size 8 pants. I want it to fit.
fit beautifully. I want to put on a trench coat and some warm boots. I want to get a beautiful coach bag and I want to look like a character from The Good Witch, right? That's a Hallmark show. And so that's what you do. You play with that. And then once you really start to believe it and you start to play with it in your mind, changing the colors, whatever it is that you want, the next thing that you want to do is you say, what does this feel like? You want to get into the emotion of the experience. What does it feel like? Does it feel good or does it feel fake? Because to be quite honest, sometimes we want something, but then we get it and it doesn't feel right for us. It might have been wonderful for whomever else we saw with it, but it doesn't feel right for us. So then we have to switch it. So really get into character, really get into that moment. Does it feel right for you? Do you need to adjust it some? Maybe it's not a size eight. Maybe you're really happy at a size 12. There's nothing wrong with that. And then play around with it. Do you feel better about yourself in a size 12? And then you go with that. What makes you feel better? And then after we do that, we're gonna ask ourselves, what's stopping me from getting there? What are some of the beliefs that I'm holding on to? Is it maybe that fixing my health is too difficult? It'll take too long. Nothing works for my body. My body's just big boned in. I'm always going to be this way. What are some of the things that you've been holding on to that you've been telling yourself? Maybe you heard it from somebody. You know, I would, when I was growing up, I had two sisters. And one of them, they always called her in Spanish, they always called her flaca, which means skinny, like the skinny one, the skinny one. And they would always say flaca, flaca, flaca. And my sister was always skinny. But then my other sister, they always called her gordis, which is like a, it's, it's a nicer way of saying chubby. Right? It's like with so much love and affection, like, oh, my little chubby one. But nevertheless, my sister struggled with her weight for years and years and years. And so for me, I, I saw that, that what one person believed about themselves because it was reinforced through parents, through aunts and uncles, through family members and friends, she really believed that became her identity. I'm the skinny one. I'm the skinny one. And my other sister, her identity really was all about being overweight and struggling with weight and doing everything she could to control her weight. And so what we believe and what we hold on to, even things that we were told when we were children, really sometimes get in the way of who we want to be when we grow up. So really understanding, taking a moment to just think, what, what were the things I have told myself in the past when it comes to getting fit or getting healthy or changing my appearance? I had many changes of appearance growing up. I used to dress like a skater girl at one point in my life. I used to dress like, you know, some little 
uh, street kid on another stage of my life. In another stage of my life, I, I was all gothic and dressed in black. And people would be like, man, you, you change styles. And it was because I couldn't find myself in anything. So I kept changing and changing and changing until I got to somewhere where I felt comfortable. And then that lasted for a period of time and then my life changed. I became a wife, I became a mom. My husband was in the military, so we lived that kind of a life for some years. And so your style changes and your identity changes, who you are changes. So change is a natural part of life and we need to learn to embrace it. And sometimes we might be 40, but living in our teenage selves wardrobe, right? And so when we do this, or maybe we might be in our 40s, but we're still doing our makeup like we did when we were in high school, as if time hasn't changed, as if our body and our appearance hasn't changed. And so sometimes it's a good thing to let go of the past, embrace who we are in the now, and find what works for you now. What really represents you now? So now that we get to that point, when we have identified what has stopped us, maybe it's a really strong belief like, so I'll, I'll share this really embarrassing story. So when my husband and I got married, both of us, we both had this very gothic look to us. You know, we, we both dressed in black, we had the black nail polish, black eyeliner, all of these different things. And then we got married and I didn't know how to change my identity because I was so used to wearing black. That was my life for about four years. And so I was so used to it. And we started to have kids and we moved into this one neighborhood on base and it was really hot where we lived. So we would barely come out during the day and we would mostly come out during the night and we would let our kids ride their bikes, you know, at night. And I remember, um, when we would come out of our house, the neighborhood kids would be like, da -da -da -da, and then they'd snap their fingers like the Adams family. So that was like, they they were trying to taunt us like we were the Adams family. <laughs> and so <laughs> it was so ridiculous because I understood what they were saying. I had not, even though I had married, had children, I had grown up, my identity was still that of my identity from high school. And it bugged me. And so I said, well, what do I have to do? And I, then I told myself, my wardrobe has to grow up as well. doesn't mean I have to become a grandma or, you know, dress like super sophisticated overnight, but it just needs to grow up. It needs to mature with me. And so one of the things that I realized during that period is that I didn't want to let go of who I thought I was when I was in high school. The empowerment that that wardrobe gave me the self-esteem and the security in myself and the certainty that I knew who I was and that people were not going to mess with me because, you know, I was a little too different for them. And so there was certainty behind my wardrobe, that there was significance behind my wardrobe. But when I took the power away from the clothes and gave it back to myself, then that's when the doors really opened and I was able to embrace other colors of clothing, other styles of clothing. And then I started dressing for how my body looked like in that moment, instead of what I wanted to go back to looking like from the past. So there's liberation and freedom in that process. And so from there, we have our goal. We have our big, uh, our big goal, long-term goal. So for me, 
It could be like, I want to lose 50 pounds and it could be in 12 months or it could be in 24 months, whatever I think is good for me. And then from there, I'm gonna say, okay, fine. I wanna lose 50 pounds in 12 months. How much does that break down to per month, right? I wanna know, I wanna break this down. I'm gonna make it digestible. So then I say to myself, okay, that's about four pounds a month. If I go down four pounds a month by the 1st of, of January of 2024, I will be down 50 pounds, right? So now we have a digestible goal, four pounds a month. That's a whole lot easier than saying 50 pounds, isn't it? And it feels better too, like, yeah, I can do that. And so the whole thing about change and setting goals is to set yourself up for success. So if you say only and focus only on 50 pounds, your mind is going to think of all the things that could go wrong and how you will not succeed because it's just too out of the box to even believe in. But if you say four pounds, literally four pounds, one pound a week, four pounds a month, then you can get to 50 pounds by the end of the year, right? And so now you've made it digestible. So now you break it down further, four pounds a month, one pound a week. So what do I have to do to go down one pound a week? We can change the way we eat. We can find out how much water, maybe it's just a matter of drinking more water. Maybe we need to do some kind of a flush to get things going, right? Maybe we need to go talk to our doctor, our nutritionist and see, hey, can you tell me where can I make more adjustments so that I can reach my goals of one pound per week, four pounds per month. And so then you're going to focus on your little, what we call mini goals. So there's minor goals, which are the one pound per week, four pounds per month. And then you have your mini goals. Those are your daily activities. Well, that means I'm going to walk for an hour every day on the treadmill, it could be just watching a movie and walking at the same time. It could also be drinking more water, allowing my body to flush itself out, drinking more water properly, right? Maybe it could be, you know what? I'm gonna give up soda. Soda is not good for me, so I'm gonna give it up. All of those little tiny pivots are the things that are gonna add up to being your one pound per week four pounds per month. So you make it into bite size, things that you can repeat over and over again every day to assure your success. And the last thing that you wanna do is check in with yourself at the end of the week. How am I doing? I did a really good job. And remember to congratulate yourself when you do good things. And when you slip up, don't be hard on yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Ask yourself instead, why? What was so difficult about that one time that I snuck a soda in? Maybe I was at a restaurant and I didn't want to ask for water because they have uh, tap water and I don't like the flavor. Okay, next time you go to the restaurant, could you maybe bring your own water bottle, right? Could you do that? Or could you eat before you go and then just have like a salad or something, right? What could you do to work around that so that no longer becomes an obstacle for you? And so when you do this and when you plan it out, you write it in your planner. So in January 2nd, January 1st of 2023, you're going to write down 
your big goal. What does January 1st of 2024 look like for you? And then you're going to write your medium term uh, goals. So that's going to be every um, four months, I'm going to be down 16 pounds, right? So every four months, I'm going to be down 16 pounds or something like that, 16 to 20 pounds. And then you're going to write that down. That's every four months. So you'll write it down in April, in August, and then in December, right? And then you're going to ask yourself, all right, so what are the things I need to do on a monthly basis? So now I have my quarterly. Well, you start off with your yearly. You have your yearly, your quarterly, now your monthly. And then from the monthly, you got to ask yourself, what do I got to do on a weekly basis? I got to lose one pound on a weekly basis. And then how am I going to lose that one pound on a weekly basis? I got to do these daily things. Drink more water, eat better, exercise for 30 minutes. So now you have a plan. So now you're not just looking at 50 pounds by the end of the year. You're looking at, I got to drink this amount of water every day. Instead of having all of this food for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I'm going to regulate myself like this. I'm going to start going to the gym, working out for 30 minutes, or go to the park and walk. Right? So all of these things we're doing to help us be successful at achieving our goals. And once you do it, that's why you're not checking your weight all the time. You're checking your weight once a week. You only want one pound a week. So you're checking your weight once a week. Then you're checking it at the end of the month. Did I meet my goal? And writing things and having your journal, writing down your emotions, what are you going through when you have certain high emotions? Maybe you have a lot of anxiety, so you reach for food. Okay, maybe we want to try meditation instead of food therapy, right? We might want to try meditation. I have some meditation stuff that could really help you regulate those urges to reach for food instead of reaching for the play button on your phone. And therefore, you are not sabotaging your own success, your own health and well-being, and you're prioritizing yourself again. So I hope this is beneficial for you. I know that it's the new year. We're all working on some goal that we really want to achieve. But how about we do it together? Supporting one another, being there for one another, and really rooting one another on. I wish you so much success in 2023 and beyond and so much happiness and good health thank you so much for joining this episode of tender love and self-care please remember to share our podcast with your friends with your loved ones because together we can all make it much further than we would have alone thank you again until next time my name is sarai talk to you soon